Welcome back to Karen All Talks. This is episode four of the fashion podcast. I am Angie. And I am Deuce. And today we're just going to kind of give a recap, like a little recap of the Milan Fashion Week for 2023 and also talk about Paris Fashion Week because that is currently what is happening. Yeah. So me and Angie have been sitting here kind of running over what had happened last week slash what's happening this week versus what we think is going to happen. And this fashion week is a menswear, so we're starting to see a lot of um, a lot of formal wear, a lot of like dressing up suits, a lot of sleek fashion. There's a lot of brands that are coming back into fashion week this week that have took a break, so that is exciting to see and exciting to see what they're going to bring to the table since they've been away for so long. And also in general with like the fashion week starting back up, both menswear, hokator and like women's, there's also just a lot of changes that have happened in brands. So people are really <laughs> looking at a lot of different brands this yes. year. Yes, there's been a lot of um, creative directors that have either stepped away or new ones that have been put into different positions. There's also been some that have passed away, like Virgil. So it's just a whole kind of different landscape, and everyone's excited to see where it's going to go and where it's headed. And this one definitely seems like it's kind of the first one since, like, the real first one since, like, quarantine and the big lockdown for everyone. So I think this year and probably next year we'll see a lot of more brands that like everyone kind of knows come back almost but also I think that this one seems like there's going to be a lot more like lesser known brands that are going to become more like household names yeah I like what you're saying with how it's like one of the first ones since like quarantine I think during quarantine a lot of people that kind of like had their brand established in bigger brands they didn't have to do as much and try as hard to kind of get their name out there. So a lot of people that kind of built their name during quarantine, those people are coming to Fashion Week now and kind of those brands that took their breaks are coming back too. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. You're starting to see a lot of individual people that you've not heard of, but you're also seeing some brands that haven't been doing stuff for a few years, like Saint Laurent that took six years off from Fashion Week and they're finally back. So it's going to be, it's going to be very neat. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting also seeing like – because Fashion Week is, like, not competitive, but also competitive at the exact same time. So it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic happens. Because there wasn't a lot of, like, competition in the Milan one. Like, it seemed more um, just collection-heavy and just designer-heavy. But there were a few references to how uh, Dior and I believe it was Givenchy, um, that they're going to be, like, at heads or something because of menswear because they both focused on menswear specifically for a very long time so they're gonna a lot of people are gonna be comparing those okay yeah i think that this week um in paris is gonna be it's gonna be pretty crazy because there is gonna be a bunch of people that are kind of competing with ideas and like with menswear it's it's one of those things where you can't i mean you can be like super different but a lot of these brands kind of have similar looks, but it's kind of how they how they are styling versus like what materials they're using to really make them look different. So I think it's going to be neat to see how they incorporate different styles and designs to ultimately make them look different, but still kind of give off the same vibe. Yeah, I think menswear is honestly like a victim of 
silhouettes almost mm-hmm. of like um, because Gucci just had their first one since Alessandro and Michelle left, um, and theirs was a lot more simplified. But their stuff looks similar to just kind of what everyday wear already looks like for people. Um, so there was a lot of denim. There were a lot of like navies and beiges and um, like the longer coats and stuff. So it's just kind of like a standard like look to them. And then Saint Laurent, their like first collection out of their big hiatus was just a lot of like black and the very like um, like turtlenecks, black and white, very like satiny V-neck like blazers and stuff. So I feel like it just kind of looks like how you imagine menswear. But like you said, a lot of it is reliant on what the brand is doing versus what they did before, and then also what they're how they made the collections, what they're using, and all of that. But there are a few experimental brands, and I like to see that because I do think that menswear it's very easy to fall into very specific looks and not really stray from that. And it seems like a lot of people are experimenting now, which is. Good to see. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. There's a whole lot more gender fluid styles that are coming out, which I think that is very, very much needed in the fashion world because we're getting to that point to where uh, everybody can really wear anything, and gender fluid brands are going to be the brands that like really, really take it up another level compared to other brands that are more section based, and. Um, I really think it's going to be neat to see how that is incorporated into the menswear versus when they switch to womenswear. Like, are some brands going to be, like, so fluid that you couldn't tell that if this was a menswear look or was it a womenswear? Yeah, we were talking about, like, men's look versus women's on Fendi and how they are actually not doing menswear this time, which is interesting because they kind of... A lot of their silhouettes are, like, more androgynous and, like, boxy almost. So they kind of resemble menswear a lot, and they've done a lot more menswear stuff related to their, uh, like, logo fabric and also just how they've done collections. So we were talking that it's interesting that they're not this time. Uh, So I think that there's also going to be a really big change in what brands are focusing on, too, is that a lot of the ones that focus on, like, mainly Hocator and women's are probably going to start switching to men's because I think they realize that they need a change in some way. But there's also, like, St. Laurent, a lot of people were saying that their collection is very, like, fluid in terms of, like, femininity and masculinity. So I think there's also going to be... There's not going to be as clear of a divide, I think, between the two, like, between menswear and and womenswear. I think that there's going to be less of a distinct line of what collection is what for a lot of brands. Yeah, I um, I agree with that. Um, back to what she was saying about brands focusing on, well, not focusing on menswear and focusing on other things. Some brands have focused on some things a little bit too much, not in the, I mean, maybe in the consumer's eyes, but not as much in our eyes as maybe in their eyes, but they can kind of notice like, hey, Everyone is just focused on us for menswear, and we have all these other things that we can do. We don't want to just be known for one thing, so let's put this on the back burner because we still know that people love these products, and they're still going to buy them. And if they don't, we still have stuff out there that people can see. But we need to put more time and effort into getting them to want these other pieces of our brands and not just one certain thing. Yeah, and I I, I fully agree with that because also I can name – 
a handful of brands that everyone knows they pretty much just do Hokator and women's wear. And also mostly Hokator is women's wear for the most part. Like it's usually um, like feminine based like silhouettes at least. Because uh, like Jean-Paul Gaultier mainly does women's wear or at least like the ones that people remember. Um, like the staples for that label. And then like like we were saying like Fendi, you kind of per- picture almost like menswear instead. Um but uh, like Dior also, they mainly focus, like when I think of Dior, I think of mainly like feminine si- like silhouettes and instead they're doing menswear. Um, so I, that trend is very interesting and it's also good because I feel like it's really easy for high fashion to kind of stick to what they're already doing a lot of the time. Because um, brand like, brand recognition and like having the same with like musicians and stuff, having a standard sound, like you know who this person is when you hear the music startup. That's very important, but it's also good to experiment, especially with such a creative outlet that's so visually creative that you kind of need to start getting away from what your actual one is. And I think a lot of people started focusing on high fashion a lot in lockdown. So people have like images of the brands already and that's kind of forcing them into boxes. So people that, like, I think also, like, logo stuff kind of made them focus on, uh, like, put in boxes. So I'm interested in how, like, logo wear will happen. Because, like, Gucci had some pieces that had their logo on them, but it was not nearly to the same degree as it's been before. Yeah. Where it was, like, every single piece had some version of their logo on it. And I think with the um, like with the logo wear, I think that that is something that it's more of it's not. I don't see it in high fashion as much, but I think that high fashion kind of adopted it to get another market because people that say like people that wear like sports attire, Adidas, Nike, Under Armour, stuff like that that is like big logo. They've been used to wearing something with like a logo on it and. A designer brand that logo means a whole lot more than those sport apparel logos so it's like if they can get that market they already know that they have their people that are going to buy stuff without logos on and they're buying it for the brand and for what they like within the brand versus somebody buying it just for the logo so i think it was a smart idea for brands like gucci um christian dior um louis vuitton pretty much almost everybody has had stuff that is like heavily logo logos all around it and all of that stuff it came probably it came out within the last like three to four years and i think it was a good way to grab another market but it's one of those things that it's like okay you've grabbed the market now show the market why they should like your brand and not for just the logo yeah, I completely agree because, like, also the logo stuff is also uh, used by a lot of people as, like, a symbol of socioeconomic status. Like, you know what the like what the logo is, and they're like, oh, this person is wearing this high fashion thing, and exactly. they can afford it. But, yeah, I think that it was a very smart move, but now it's, like, expected. It's, like, stereotypical of, like, mm-hmm. most high fashion houses to be doing that. And so, I don't know. We'll see. It's just one of the trends that I'm kind of glad is kind of going away a little bit because sometimes it was a little excessive on some of the logos. Some of them are just really intense looking. And I was like, I 
There's a lot of fabric of this. Maybe we need to break it up a little bit. <laughs> but one of the other like trends that we're seeing in both Milan and Paris Fashion Week, or at least what we've seen at Paris Fashion Week yet, there's only been like one day as we're recording this. But um, I think especially in light of designers like Vivian Westwood passing away, in light of those events, a lot of upcycling, um, like, the taking like upcycling, thrifting, vintage stuff and incorporate it into collections and then also paying homages to family members, your upbringing and like the working class and stuff. That's becoming a very big trend um, within that. And I think it's cool because it also plays a lot into personality as well. So you see more of the person and the designer and the creative directors within the collections. And I really like that trend. I've always liked stuff like that because it seems more personal than anything else and especially with really big brands it's very easy to dehumanize them almost because you just see like the name and the brand and like the logo and stuff and you're like oh yeah they exist but like it doesn't seem like there's people behind it so i like that that's a thing that's happening yeah and with that happening i think that we're starting to see a whole lot like more brands that are just like ran slash like started by one person versus like people getting their name in the fashion industry and then becoming creative directors of other big brands. So I think um, with people having their own brands, they're able to kind of tell their own story and where they're from versus being a director, a creative director of a brand. They kind of have to use their direction within the direction that the brand wants to go. So with like we were talking with Alessandro Michelle him leaving and being able to start his own line or his help someone else out but kind of have a different vision. Kind of the same with Raph Simmons. He's stepping away from his brand after this year, but he's going to be helping with Prada. And I think that it's, it's a good way for people to get out new ideas without people thinking that their ideas have to match what they have been doing. I think with all of the aspects that Deuce just talked about are honestly the most important parts of fashion, at least for me. Like Part of why I like it so much is that it all tells a story. It's an art form. Um, and art form is always meant to be expressive um, of the person that is wearing it or making it or anything. And like everyone's personal fashion also tells a story about them in some way, even if you really don't think about what you put on. It still also tells some people about like your personality and like who you are. Um, so I think having more of that human aspect of it and like someone being able to talk about how they came from like a lower like a lower working class and now they are at Paris Fashion Week or something and you can see that increase um almost in their um like you can just see that change of the person within the collection is really important because the one of the collections that I really like that came from, I believe it was the Milan um, Fashion Week, was the Loverboy collection because a lot of that was paying homage to the working class of the Scots and just the Renaissance and how Scotland has kind of had their own like socio-political movements and stuff and a lot of it is inspired by that because of also the creative director's own influence from Scotland and stuff and I just think that that is really important and I am glad it's coming back because that's what I liked about fashion a lot and it kind of seemed like it was starting to be more about 
the name associated with the collection instead of what the collection is supposed to represent. Because also for a lot of fashion, like students and stuff at like FIT and all of the other really big schools, I'm not going to name every single one. Um, a lot of their like final, like senior like capstone stuff is making collections, and a lot of them have specific like stories like ideas to them or if they're not that they're supposed to be innovative in some way for a specific reason and it's the same with like ap art like portfolios they're supposed to have a clear theme that tells a story in some way um so i'm glad that fashion's starting to really get back into that on a bigger level than just local designers and um like smaller brands that you just kind of see online and stuff or you just see people talking about I'm glad that high fashion and the really big houses are starting to get back into that because I feel like that was always the most important part of art and especially fashion as art. And it, it's kind of felt like it got away from that. So I'm very happy to see that yeah. as of late. I, um, I do agree that it feels like it's gotten away from that. Fast fashion slash social media. Kind of both of them together is kind of sped up the thinking process versus like how we consume stuff. So like people will see something and really thinking about maybe the person that created this like it took them a year to like come up with that idea and it's kind of like we don't as a consumer we really don't think about how much time it takes to create something the vision behind it especially on the fast fashion point that you just brought up I did like a little project for a class on um, like fast fashion and its different impacts like cultural economic all that and one of the things I like talked about specifically was uh, like creative um, freedom and stuff because uh, my best example for it is the strawberry dress from Lyrica Matoshi because that went majorly viral. I think everyone knows what exactly exact dress I am talking about. Um, it was huge on TikTok, especially during quarantine. And it was to the point that people started to like make dupes on their own, which... I think that, like, if you make a dupe on your own, like, you make it yourself and it's for yourself, whatever. Mm -hmm. Because you're not profiting really exactly. off of this other person's design. But there were so many other companies that were making dupes of it or, like, different versions of it um, because people were complaining about the price of it. And granted, yes, it is an expensive dress, but also when it was huge, when it first went viral... She, like she was making them by hand pretty much by herself um, with her own design, her own materials. The pricing reflects that. Mm -hmm. um, but because of like the huge demand, even that quality has gone down because she's had to like, they've had to like rush the process because so many people bought it. And that whole thing is just so sad to me, especially on how the design got stolen and everything. I don't know. It was just an upsetting thing to see. And I think, Definitely think that that's where a lot of the humanity aspect of fashion kind of got away are the trends and people really not thinking about what the whole meaning is to. And I think part of the focus, I think that even like the general public is starting to look more at that aspect of clothing too, especially in light of like some of like the recent like fashion controversies and stuff that have happened, especially with um, Kim Kardashian and the Marilyn Monroe dress. Um, I have specific opinions of that, but I will not go on that tangent. <laughs> but, like, people, because that dress was custom-made 
it exists only. It really is just that dress. There was a replica made, and you can get muslins and stuff. But, like, that is a one-of-a-kind dress, and there was a lot of outrage about it, about that whole situation, because it is a one-of-a-kind one that was made for Marilyn Monroe, specifically for her. There's a whole story behind it. There's a whole political, like, historical relationship to it. And uh, I showed Deuce something, too, of, like, another designer dress that was taken and customized when it really shouldn't have been. Um, I am forgetting what the actual dress's name is, but um, McQueen made only two of this dress in existence. And um, I won't, I don't feel like dropping the name of the person, <laughs> but um, they just changed, they took one of the two dresses and completely modified it to their body to wear it. And it looks completely un- unrecognizable. And part of what the like outrage of that is, is that that dress, um, those two dresses were inspired by McQueen witnessing um, abuse and like a lot of other stuff related to um, like the solidarity, abuse and strength of women in his own life, like witnessing his mother, his sisters um, and how they persevered through a lot of it. So I that so things like that I think are what are starting to have people really focus on the meaning behind things a lot more are people realizing that oh a lot of these pieces actually have meaning to them and when someone changes it or does these things that's upsetting so I think that stuff getting brought up more is also contributing to bringing back the person within fashion so I don't know the controversies help in some way yeah they do and it's kind of it's like um, consumers are having to take time to figure out the difference between like a brand that is fast fashion versus a brand that has people behind it that are coming up with like ideas and they're taking their time because like you could just be shopping one day and go online and go to like four or five different websites and out of those four or five you might go to three that are fast fashion and two that are taking their time they have collections and all these different things but when you're shopping as a whole you're not dividing out like which ones are which so you're kind of the way that you're looking at this one is the way that you're looking at this other one and it's kind of a way that it hurts it hurts the brand that is taking their time because they are they don't have to keep up with this other brand but as a consumer when you see new ideas all the time with this other brand you're kind of thinking like why don't they have new ideas all the time and then you got to think like it's because they're taking their time and they want they want to come out with something that has a meaning behind it, something that tells a story and something that isn't just a piece of apparel that you can just throw on and doesn't mean anything. Yeah, because like with specifically Haute Couture, those are like individual pieces that are handmade by the person, like they're custom made, only so many exist. Like those always have very specific meaning because also they have to spend so much time on it mm-hmm. that they're not just going to like spend 300 plus hours on a thing that has absolutely no meaning to them in any way at all and then with collections those have so much time that goes into them because you have to make blank number of pieces for this collection and it all has to be cohesive but they all have to be different in some way or like the meaning has to be different for each of the pieces the way that they go about it has to be different so I'm like it's a lot more time goes into it than I think a lot of people realize yeah like so that aspect too, I think like 
I like a lot of the like behind the scenes pictures, especially from like the Met Gala and stuff of um, the measuring the different celebrities that are being chosen for like to be dressed by this designer or like them getting even just getting ready on the day of because you see the designer like with them. They see you see them working. You see like the collaborative effort for it. Um, so I think that also is being popularized lately from social media is also helping too. But with these like bigger brands, it's there are people doing it, and like fast fashion has people making like the things, but a lot of the time it is not ethical. And then also the designs themselves are being stolen a lot of the time. And part of like the origin of fast fashion is to make high end clothing accessible to the working and middle class um that was like the original existence of it because high high fashion the, the prices are not accessible for most people i think we all know that but um that was like the original intent behind it um but it's kind of gone away from that in that a lot of designs are being stolen from small creators online and I think that's where a lot of the problem has come in. And then also, obviously, the unethical stuff. Yes. And with the, um, like how you're saying, brands, like, like fast fashion brands steal designs, that is, that takes me back to what I was saying about social media and what I was saying about social media, but how, I mean, what I said earlier kind of said, like, social media, it was a problem, but social media also can benefit a bunch of these smaller brands and these smaller smaller creators because like some people that are like before we started the podcast we were looking up the um we're looking up stuff about fashion week and i ran into a post about emily boat i think that's her last how to how to say her last name but she's the designer of the year in in america of 2022 and she's very very highly sought of looked at in fashion week coming up and a lot of people are excited to see like what she's going to come out with and a bunch of her designs had gotten popular off of social media so it's kind of a way for like if someone has a great idea and they have stuff that people really need to see and people are going to enjoy social media is a way for them to get on the same level as a brand like Gucci or Prada and be looked at in the same light as them and not take as much time to get up to that level if they have ideas that are really like eye-catching and I think recent Fashion Weeks and Met Galas are a very good representation of that because a lot of them have been uh, like smaller designers, smaller brands, or at least ones that aren't like widely known. And I think social media is a very good thing in respect to especially um, the different Fashion Weeks because um, also there is not just Milan and Paris. There are a lot of other ones, but it's a lot to keep up with. Um, but with that there's so many brands that are going. I just looked at the schedule for this week and next week. This week is menswear. Next week is Hokator. Um, and there are so many different brands and collections that are um, debuting or it's just like the new one for this year. And a lot of them, like I have not heard of or like I recognize the name, but like I can't really think I don't have an image of them in my head. But like online news and stuff focuses a lot on. Gucci, Saint Laurent, um, Givenchy, Dior, like the real the names that everyone kind of already knows, because also those are like the biggest houses. But I think social media is good, especially on Twitter. I follow a lot of like 
fashion accounts on Twitter that highlight other collections that weren't really shown as much. Um, and I think that that's always a really good aspect of it is because these, they're not small because, I mean, they're at Paris Fashion Week. Yeah, like, they're, exactly. not, they're not small, but, like, they're not talked about as much. Exactly. And, um, especially for like the individual creator, creative directors and designers, that helps them a lot, even if the brand itself is, isn't small, because they're not like household names. Yeah, and with them not being like they're not small in the fashion industry, but like in the for like consumer wise, you might not have heard of any of these people. But like if you go into a fashion house and say something about um, mm-hmm. one of these creators slash just like anybody that is like kind of an influencer in the fashion industry, a lot of these people are well known. It's just they aren't well known on the consumer base. Yeah, they're known in the industry, but they're not. They don't have the, like the pop culture phenomenon that some of these other ones do. Uh, and social media can really help with that because part of why some of these like really like what are known as the major high fashion houses have had collections that people were like, oh, we're kind of bored of this. Like there have been like downfalls for kind of all of them. But they've existed because of just the extreme prevalence of pop culture that they have. And so some of these brands, if they don't have that, but they are performing better, um, it's not as known. And then if they have a downfall, they kind of just fall off completely, even if they're still really well known in the industry. Because they don't have that pop culture thing, they don't have as much of staying power as some of these other ones. Because like I knew some of these fashion houses before I really knew anything about fashion. Like, I knew some of those names way before I knew anything else about this whole industry. Yeah. Uh, It's just interesting. But this is only the beginning of the very, very beginning of Paris Fashion Week because there is also in February with women's wear. Um, But this is just kind of a perspective and what we are excited to see and what we've been excited to see. So I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation. Yes, and you guys have a great week. Stay cool or stay or warm up i don't really know with the kentucky weather it's kind of all over the place 60 the other day it's kind of cold today but just make sure you're staying safe have a good week of school shout out to pops vintage and that is all